Street Crypto broadcasting live from Leander, Texas. It is um, April 7th, 2022 at 547 in the morning. And um, yeah, this is episode what, episode 443. So moving on up. Yep. Getting on up there in the episodes. Um, and uh, let's see. Um yeah, it's it's Thursday, so uh, Thursday Thunder, man. The weekend's almost here, and I'm ready for it. Um, yeah, this this drive down to San Marcos, Texas, from Leander is an hour and twenty minutes. I can't wait to just move on uh, from my regular old, you know, in real life job to fully be Web three. Um, employed, um, hopefully someday here in the near future. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm hitting five years at my real job and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, that's when 401k and stuff like that, uh, will fully vest for me. So, um, that's whenever I might start just moving on, making the transition out. We'll see. Um, you know, Working at it little by little every day. Um, you know, I want to be good to uh, my current employer because they've been good to me. They sent me a life raft when I needed it. And so I don't want to just like give them a two weeks notice and say later. So uh, I'll work this out like a gentleman, you know. Um, so anyway, so <clears throat> yeah, so let's uh, um, go over here to the Coin Gecko and see what we have going on today. Let me open up this. Hold on. Let me just turn this off and open up this screen here. Okay, so you see CoinGecko here. Um, you know, CoinGecko is great. It's one of these just coin uh, listing you know, charts that rank them. You can rank them however you want, but they're they're by default ranked by market cap. And by market cap, I mean the total amount of money that is in a current crypto of people holding it. Uh, Bitcoin is always at the top, pretty much. Uh, Bitcoin has been king for as long as I've been in crypto and uh, a lot longer before that. Um, the, one, the one and only the original Bitcoin. And then there's Ethereum and uh, Tether's a stable coin. You have Binance, centralized currency coin, the BNB coin, then USD is a stable coin, Solana. Um, I mean, the market is is pretty red right now after we just had a very green past week or so. Um, so, you know, it's expected a healthy little retrace, whatever. I'm not your chart guy, and I'm not the person to ask about that. Um, none of this is financial advice. It's not barely even educational. This is just me on my crypto journey um, learning every single morning, and this is my time in the morning to do so. So uh, you're along this ride with me as I ask questions and poke around stuff and look at a bunch of websites and do some research. And uh, yeah, that's what this is. This is not me trying to give an instructional or an explanation or a tutorial or anything like that, man. Um, so... Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, is there anything in the green here? Um, I mean, Polygon's down 12% in the past week. Uh, we have Shiba Inu down 10%. Can't say I'm heartbroken about that. Um, <laughs> uh, what else we have? Avalanche is down 12.3% to 84.19. Avalanche is like that. It's pretty volatile. Um, it's a good one that if you're one of these trader type of people. Uh, let's see what else we have that's like really stands out. Um, nah. Apecoin's down 22.6%. And I don't know much about Apecoin, but I know it's um, associated with the Board Ape Yacht Club. And, uh, you yeah, know, shot up to position number 47 here. Um, I don't know. It's just not really my bag, baby. Um, so Thorchain down 23.3%. Okay, whatever, man. I'm going to move on from this. I don't really, you know, look at you know graphs so uh let's go over here to my twitter bookmarks um i have uh let's see here twitter tweetor um i love crypto twitter you know it's kind of this weird double-edged sword you kind of have to curate your crypto crypto twitter a little bit without it being a total echo chamber um but with yeah but uh still keeping all like the the crap off of there like the I mean, there's a lot of shite talkers and shillers and stuff like that. People that will try to, to tag you and giveaways. But then there's also some really good stuff and some infor informative threads and stuff like that that I find. Um, so uh, here's a little something that I found. Not a red flag. Maybe you know this, but employ your kids and pay them, in quotes, up to 7000 untaxed per year. Write it off as an expense on your taxes. Deposit their earnings in the account you manage and invest the money so that it compounds. Car, check. College, check. Life, check. Legal, check. You know, this little things that I'm learning about finance as an adult that I never learned as a kid or definitely not in my amazing public school education um, about finance. And so I'm the more I'm learning about crypto, the more I'm becoming an advocate of teaching your kids about money. And I saw this post here by Michael Goring. I don't know who that is, but uh, he says, I stole this idea from someone else that posted a picture a few months back. My high school computer lab is right next to the library. I talked to our librarian and she got it done. Both of the Bitcoin standard books were checked out right here. And so they, they made a Bitcoin section um, in this school library. So I think that's pretty cool, man. Um, let me just show this thread here. And it shows the original post by somebody else down here too. Uh, so yeah, get your kids stoked on a lot of this type of stuff. Um, you know, I, I might've read some stuff like this, you know, in high school. Um, maybe not some of these books. Um, he said, and they said, I bought a few extra to give out as gifts and they filled in for the picture. I want to thank the guy for the idea. I want to thank the authors for these great books and they have, uh, the Bitcoin standard layered money, the internet of money, the price of tomorrow. Um, you know, a lot of people are throwing props and, uh, here's some to add to it. Money mastermind. And then the psychology of, of money. I probably would have read that in high school, psychology of money, because I liked psychology a lot then. Timeless lessons on wealth, greed, and happiness. Um, and here's another one, the money gym and money tip. And like I said yesterday, I got started, um, Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I got started in crypto just because, and I, I, I just love researching crap. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, my mother-in-law gave me a Tony Robbins book, uh, and I just you know, was bored in COVID, you know, stuck at my in-law's house while we were waiting for the house I'm in to be done. And uh, yeah, um, I just read that book from cover to cover, and I learned so much about money that I'd never even thought of. So you know, like, what is an ETF? What is an index fund? What is you know a T-bill? What is you know a stock versus a bond and stuff like that? So anyway. But yeah, so this is you know the stuff like I'll I'll find on Twitter just random stuff like this. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, there's another thread that I came across, and it is uh, by Yearn Finance. And let me f- go back up to this thread as I'm sitting here scrolling. Oh wait, uh, th- this is a funny one um, fr- by Frank Shaparo, and uh, Frank Shaparo is a, a CEO of um, of uh, the Block. Okay, mustache mustache host of of uh, the Scoop Pod, an expert on coins, NFTs, metaverse, and market structure, and he you know wears his signature mustache. Yeah. Um, so he says, in which city group researchers note that USDC and Tether stablecoins pegged to a dollar, by the way, have underperformed and struggled against U.S. equities. Bruh, laughing my ass off. So here's here it is, and he does a screenshot of this, I guess this uh, excerpt from an article or some kind of publication by Citigroup, which are supposed to be financial professionals, by the way. I just want to let you know that. And in this, this article, they're citing for... A performance comparison, we focus on the five largest crypto assets measured by market cap. In the recent five-year period, outperformance has been prominent across Binance and Ethereum altcoins, whereas Bitcoin has lagged on a relative basis, relatively speaking. The other two projects, USD coin to USDC and Tether, have struggled <laughs> relative to equities. Okay. Uh, and then it says yeah, in figure four, I want to see what this figure four says. Uh, the divergence in performance across crypto assets is not surprising, given that the creation purpose and features can vary considerably. No shite, Sherlock. Yeah, USDC and Tether are stable coins. They're pegged to the dollar. Do they not know that? This is a financial firm. You know, I'm just Joe Schmo. I could, you know, listening to me is like listening to your Uber driver. You know, like seriously, these people are paid to make careers out of this. And I know this. USDC and Tether struggling relative to equities. They don't struggle. They're stable coins. That's what they do. There's. <laughs> And then he says below this, uh, several people have reached out to me to tell me this is the type of stuff that made them leave City. Uh, story to come soon. <laughs> and then here it is. Here's an article by the Block Crypto mapping out the great city crypto exodus. And no fewer than 15 city employees have left the bank to join digital asset related startups in the past year. People are flocking away from the banking industry because they see the writing on the wall. And if you'll uh, listen to yesterday's episode about the yield curves and the interest rate rates and then the massive amount of bond sell-offs and stuff like that you can see that the dollar is going to hell the banking industry you know banking 1.0 you know wells fargo chase Citibank, all that is man there's a reason why people don't like banks you know 
Um, so anyway, uh, let's see here. Frank Shapiro says in quotes, the exact reasons why so many city employees have left for the crypto industry are not clear, but the departures also fit with a larger industry trend. Lots of people have been switching careers and moving from banking to crypto city declined to comment. <laughs> and then, uh, somebody says, I don't know. My USDC yields are pretty high and yeah, you can go on something like curve and, and you can stake your stable coins. You can provide liquidity on it. Um, you can do a lot of things with stable coins. Not, it's not just to to jump in and out of different and more volatile cryptocurrencies you know as i've said before that's pegged to a dollar so you don't have to go out to to the banking system in order to cash out on your crypto you can cash out in stable coins and it gives you kind of i've always described it as a adult swim right and uh, the stable coins are out on the side of the pool um, whenever you're playing around in the pool sharks and minnows marco polo and all that stuff chicken fights you know um and suddenly the the lifeguard blows their whistle it's time for adult swim and you got a little too rowdy in the pool maybe somebody left a, a baby ruth in the pool if you know what i'm saying floating around and uh, everybody gets out of the pool because the waters got too rough and it got too rowdy and you have to go to the side of the pool maybe go to the concession stand get a chili dog or whatever and uh um a bag of Frito, Frito pie, yeah, and, and that's that's stable coins. That's the Adult Swim. You know, it's time for you to get out of the crazy crypto waters and uh, cash out for stable coins for a little bit while the market kind of corrects itself or whatever. Or you have a stash of stable coins on the side for whenever you're ready to find the right time to jump back in those rowdy crypto waters. Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I just I just found that was kind of interesting that a bank did not even uh, they are so uneducated on this stuff it's amazing to me you know that these uh, and that this is right now an amazing uh democratization point for people you know that's what crypto provides and it's what dow provides and i've said this before you know i've learned so much about audio editing and video editing and stuff like that because of the democratization and me being able to have access to professionals in the industry under all the common um, uh, point of, uh, I guess, shelling point of cryptocurrency, and which we're all talking about that. But as a side result, I've pursued another interest of mine, which is podcasting, audio editing, video editing, animation. And I've gotten to meet and network with a bunch of um, uh, amazing professionals in that space, you know, the film industry and stuff like that, that I never would have had access before to be able to ask, ask these questions if crypto didn't exist. So I don't know how I got on that tangent, but yeah, crypto is this amazing democratization point um, for people to be able to enter. And the banking space just does not get it you know so uh anyway so that was an interesting rant uh 14 and a half minutes in i wanted to talk about erc 4626 tokens too so let's go back over here to my bookmarks and um um let me scroll up here we go you're in finance <clears throat> you've heard of erc 20s erc 721s and erc 1155s soon you shall know erc 4626s the great tokenized or the it should be the great tokenized it says the tokenized vault standard i will add in the great the great tokenized vault standard erc 4626 is final and the great vault standardization begins now and then the tldr and uh, here's the thread. So 
um, here's a TLDR on ERC4626. Yield-bearing tokens are a mess. Yield aggregators, vaults, lending markets, and native yield tokens like XSushi, for example, are often implemented with slight variations, right? Um, so everything, every place on all these DeFi apps where you lock up your tokens for yield in order to be able to earn interest on them, and they give you in exchange some kind of token that, um, like, a, you know, LP token or XSushi or uh, yeah, VB&T for putting in the Bancor vaults or you know, the A tokens for Aave, um, for your staked Aave. You get those tokens in return as a as a bookmarker of your position, and uh, shows that you have a place in that position. Okay, so um, uh, to build a single app on top of DeFi's yield bearing yield bearing tokens, you have to write dozens of complex error prone adapters that can handle each unique variation. ERC forty six twenty six makes that a thing of the past. So a lot of times with those yield bearing tokens. That you get, like XSushi, staked Aave tokens, VBNT, you can go in other applications and do things like stake them, uh, stake them in some kind of aggregator, you know, build things with them. I don't know, you, but you can do other things. You can sell them off, whatever you want, if you, you know, want to get out of your position. Um, but uh, it's it's always been kind of a complex mess for the developers to create apps, other apps that can use another app's uh, uh, yield bearing token. You know, so um, okay, so uh, ERC forty six twenty six makes that a thing of the past. Um, it's composability at its finest, and composability is basically being able to plug one completely separate app made by a separate company or a separate developer or whatever, a separate project, and being able to use that app in your project. That's composability. It's Lego blocks of, of uh, programmability. Um, so uh, it's so all this ERC4626 is composability at its finest. Build an app on top of one ERC4626 vault, and it will work for all other ERC4626 tokens. What's up, Icusto007007? Morning, mate. Top of the morning to you. Howdy. Um, so, um, Yearn version three plus ERC forty six twenty six is in equals inevitable. All right, so that's what Yearn Finance is saying. Saying they're going to do that. They're going to be implementing this. So contributors are already working hard implementing the standard for Yearn's version three vaults. So so devs at Alchemix amazing big they have great commercials by the way on bankless it sounds like so pro daddy uh balancer rary capital fay protocol and open zeppelin and elsewhere so all these devs are already working hard on implementing this standard across all urine vaults uh, perhaps one day we'll even see a erc 4626 tab on etherscan Interesting. Okay. That probably specul <laughs> speculation. So in a word, ERC4626 will be the gold standard for any sort of inv investor bearing tokens in, in interest bearing tokens. I'm sorry for any sort of interest bearing tokens uh, from urine vaults to Aave deposits and balancer linear pools. Uh, check out ready to join the great vault standardization. Check out Joey Santoro's thread for more details and a baseline implementation by transmissions 11. Uh, the future is composable. Um, so there's the, and then here's Joey's thread right here. Joey, I'm not angry anymore. Um, so yeah, I never was angry about this, but, um, yeah, so show this thread. Okay. Um, 
I went around also doing a search on an ERC 4626 to kind of get a better idea of this type of stuff. Um, here's Joey's thread. But, uh, and then I, I read the ERC 4626 um, EIP. Uh, EIP stands for Ethereum, Ethereum Improvement Protocol. And every blockchain will have their IP um, uh, proposal. It's a proposal. It's what you do whenever you're working in a development community or a DAO. Um, but blockchains like Bitcoin has Bitcoin improvement protocols, BIP, you know, um, Avalanche, AIP, Avalanche improvement protocol. So every blockchain has their own. Uh, that's how developers get things done and they all vote on them and stuff like that. Um, here's the EIP 4626 tokenized vault standard, a standard for tokenized vaults with a single underlying ERC20 token. And it goes through all this stuff here. Uh, the abstract is, the, is the, the following standard allows for implementation of a standard API for tokenized vaults representing shares of a single underlying ERC-20 token. The standard is an extension on the ERC-20 token that provides basic functionality for depositing and withdrawing token and reading balances. Okay, yeah. Um, amazing, but people will probably won't get that who don't know uh, how to read this type of stuff. So... I found stuff in more plain English, um, and that's what I like to do. I like to talk about things in more plain English. Um, uh, so ERC-4626, the most important standard you'll never notice. Uh, this is an article by Bowtide Island. I don't know who this is or what this is, but uh, uh, this is a great article. Um, so if you've been following the right circles on Twitter or caught up uh, caught the up only podcast with Tetranode. Uh, you may have heard of ERC 4626, but what is it? In plain English, ERC 4626 is a standard interface to be implemented by yield bearing tokens. 99% of the time, the user is not going to know or care whether their token confirms the ERC 4626 or not. Essentially, all tokens you interact with today conform to the ERC 20 standard. The only reason you might already know this is that ERC-20 is the used as the common name for tokens you can move around on Ethereum. While in simple in concept, under the hood, ERC-4626 standard will enact powerful changes. Why do we need this ERC-4626? There's a lot of different protocols where the underlying idea is to deposit a token uh, to, to deposit your token A into the vault and receive back a vault token, like I was just describing. Um, examples are the, you know, the my I said V, B, and T for, for Bancor. They say Y, Yearn, Die for Yearn, no, the Y, Die, and the Y, ETH that you get in return back for depositing into the vaults to earn interest. And so you this is your representation of your position in that vault. Sushi, if you put in um, the, your sushi into a, a, a sushi token vault, you'll get sushi back and then if you deposit your ohm and the ohm protocol you'll get the geom back just to name a few um so uh, the token you receive back is not just an iou from the protocol that lets you take your money back out right it's not just your 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 the signifier of your position in that vault it represents both your underlying funds and your claim on that vault's value that vault's increase in value okay uh, you have to have those tokens in order to get your money back out of that vault like if i were to do something with my vbnt bancor tokens um and i were to sell them off or i were to lock them up in another protocol 
Um, if I sold them off, I wouldn't have my position in that vault anymore. Whoever owns those tokens now has that position in that vault. Um, if I locked them in another protocol to earn yield, then I would have to pull those out of that other protocol in order to be able to unlock my Bancor tokens from uh, the Bancor vault. So, um, so okay, here. We'll continue on this article. When these tokens are composable, meaning they can be easily used by other protocols, you can do things with your money that are ordinarily not available to you as a private citizen. A simple use case of this is borrowing against your future yields. Protocols are implementing increasingly complex webs of interoperable products. So say I locked my, my tokens up uh, in an Ethereum vault um, on Yearn. So I have YETH, right? Well, I get those YETH tokens, and what if I decide I don't really want to unlock, and I want that to keep earning interest over there on Yearn, but I really need some money to do something right now, so maybe I could borrow against my YETH tokens. So that is composability. So I take my YETH tokens over to another application and I can borrow against those YETH tokens by locking those YETH tokens up somewhere and I can maybe get some USDC from that, cash out the USDC, get that down payment I need for my car, you know, and then once I work and I can pay back, you know, th those USDC tokens that I borrowed against my YETH, I can get my YETH tokens back and the yield has continued to have been earned on those YETH tokens that entire time. That's never stopped. So I've never really sold off my assets. I've just borrowed against them. So ERC4626, back to the token standard, ensures composability between the different protocols implementation of the vault tokens. So by me taking those YETH tokens and locking them up on another different type of borrowing protocol, maybe built by a different company or, or developers or whatever, it ensures the compatibility of those YETH tokens with that other different random, you know, token platform that I've put these YETH tokens on. So it creates a universal standard to make sure that all these yield-bearing tokens are the same in a certain sort of way so that they can be used um, crypto-wide or at least, you know, on Ethereum platforms, Ethereum-based platforms. So currently, everyone implements things a little differently depending on the protocol's needs or the developer's preference. Um, everybody's got their own way to make a wheel, right? You know, um, you got spokes, you got mags, you know, you, you, I mean... <laughs> You got a steamroller wheel versus versus uh, a carriage wheel. You know, they're very different types of wheels, but they all are round and they all roll, right? Um, so this is kind of like what's happening right now um, with all these different token standards. When you borrow money and you get you lock up your money and you get back that token, every platform has their own little tweak or purpose, but this at least kind of standardizes things so that that those tokens you get back can be used everywhere. So if you as a protocol want to launch a new product integrating with a different protocol's tokens, you have to understand the subtle differences in the way that they built their tokens. So to, to, in their implementation, you have to modify your code to test, to, to, to work with it, test, audit your new product, and finally launch. So that's a lot of pain in the ass. That's a lot of bloated code, which costs a lot on Ethereum. You know, um, have you ever noticed staking costs 
costs a lot more on your Ethereum than you just, you know, um, doing a, 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 a transfer from wallet to wallet. Staking costs a lot more because there's a lot more code involved in that. So the more code that's involved in something, the more expensive the Ethereum transaction is. And then when you're trying to use, you know, say, for instance, a urine protocol token uh, and you want to go lock it up on Aave, for instance, that might cost more for you to do that type of transaction because you're trying to use a urine protocol token on the Aave platform. And uh, Aave is like, oh, they got to, you know, write code around that on how to comply with what's going on over here with this urine token. But ERC4626 eliminates that because everybody's using the same type of code packages uh, and it's all uniform. Um, so that's the amazing thing about engineering and about standards. You know, that's like, railways you know um, every single um, rail car in the united states is built to the exact same rail track standard the exact same width apart um, the little wheels that lock onto the rail they are the exact same amount of inches in order to be able to fit on that rail and every single rail company there's a lot of different rail companies but they all comply to that universal set of standards and uh, no one rail company really owns that standard or controls that standard and so right now when you when you see the beginning of a lot of industries, you see a lot of different um, you know, companies trying to be the leader in those standards, and they're, they're all racing to try to be the biggest and the best, but eventually, all that competition does is slow things down in, in uh, industry growth, so all the companies have to be like, all right, all right, we'll settle on a standard, and they all kind of shake hands, and they decide this is how we're going to do things, you know? Uh, <laughs> okay, you want to grow? I want to grow. We all want to grow. Okay, you know, I don't like you, but it's okay. We'll go ahead and make this standard so we can all figure out how to develop our products better. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so if you as a protocol want to launch a new product integrating with a different protocol's tokens, you have to understand the subtle differences in their implementation, modify your code to work with it, test, audit your new product, and finally launch. This leads... Um, so what is going on here, um, all, all these different standards like Aave, Yearn, Bancor, you know, all this stuff, it leads to incompatibility, security weaknesses, and wasted developer effort, and it slows protocols down, blindly using tokens from other protocols without understanding the unique implementation can lead to exploits. And by God, we've seen a shit ton of exploits and, you know, hacks and all different types of stuff because people are trying to use uh, some other protocols token on their protocol and without fully understanding the other protocols token and because there's no standardization and hackers can see that and they exploit it. So how does ERC4626 work? Under the hood, ERC4626 is very simple. Um, the, there's a detailed code review um, uh, that I just showed you um, at this EIP4626 at a, this is eips.ethereum.org I'll put the link in the description um, but um, um, but the, this is an interface, right? And it's not an implementation. So users can implement the standard however they want, and protocols can automatically interact with it as long as the implementation complies to the interface. This standard extends ERC-20 tokens, so Vault tokens must comply with that interface as well. At a high level, it standardized the way users deposit and withdraw to the Vault, the functions to calculate the amount of Vault tokens and underlying token required for deposits or withdrawals, and an, in, 
an interface to determine the underlying token and events emitted when interacting with the vault. This simple yet powerful list features uh, a list of features has the potential to yield massive improvements behind the scenes. So yeah, man. Um, and there's a lot of different protocols that are going to be starting to use it. Tribe DAO, Rary Capital, Balancer, um, Open Zeppelin is going to be implementing this. And what Open Zeppelin is is Open Zeppelin is a an open source community of uh, developers that have created little codes code snippets that you can plug into your smart contracts or your projects and all these code snippets are audited tried tested true um, everybody has, has you know, th these th this is a really safe way to build a smart contract is using um, standardized um, uh, snippets of code from open zeppelin and so if you go into a smart contract and you look at it and you see a lot of the code has been done using open zeppelin it should probably be a pretty safe uh, smart contract because a lot of those code snippets and this is how a lot of developers work they don't sit there and create you know uh, all the code on notepad you know just from scratch from their own brain they go into these these development kits and these packages and places like open zeppelin and they pull from these toolboxes all these little packages of code that have been tried and true and tested and audited and all this stuff and then they put together their app their dap right and that's how they build this stuff i mean they are geniuses they're very smart people but they don't hand code all this stuff by scratch every time they want to build an app they they look at all these lego blocks they look at these pieces and they say i have an idea i know what each of these little code snippets do how can i get all these to work together and create something cool um so that's kind of I, I think how developers work maybe i'm wrong you know um but uh all right well that being said it's uh, 32 minutes in i gotta get my butt to work um but uh, thanks for listening give a thumbs up if you like this uh you know this sort of thing i don't know i don't really keep track of stats or, or things like that um I, i'm not making any money off of this for sure uh this is all just a labor love um and uh, but uh, yeah i guess the thumbs up will help uh subscribe i'm so near a thousand subscribers on youtube uh, i think what is it, a thousand subscribers gets you monetization so i might make like 20 dollars a month <laughs> Hey, man, you know, $20 a month will pay for this uh, Podbean subscription that I have um, to be able to distribute on Spotify and, you know, uh, iTunes and all that crap. So and Google Play. So I don't know. Every little bit helps. All right. Well, I will talk to you guys. Uh, hold on. Let me go over to the screen so I can get the outro going. Why is it the outro such a struggle for me every morning? All right. All right. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically. If you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to eurekajohn.crypto or eurekajohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again.